The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Well, good morning. This is July 12th. I'm recording this. And this is the Bible study Sunday school lesson for Tower View Baptist Church. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about our church, see our website at towerviewkc.com. You can visit our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church. We are the Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri, not the Tower View Baptist Church in Illinois. I'm sure they're a fine church. Um, they're just a different church. We are in Kansas City, right across the interstate from Worlds of Fun. We are right at the bottom near the Worlds of Fun, what we call the Worlds of Fun Water Tower in Kansas City, Missouri. You can see it from about six, seven miles away if you're on, on, on the right hill. And that's where we are. This church has been here for over 50 years. And so if you'd like to come, we would love to have you uh, for church. It starts at 1030. We have drive-in church. We have a FM transmitter. We've transmitted at 90.7. And you can come in and sit in your car and um, watch the preacher this week and, and listen to the music. Um, if you want, you can get out of your car. We have uh, some speakers set outside in the grass, and you can come out and sit in your chairs or on a blanket and sit in the shade of the building or in, uh, around the north side of the building. You can sit under some trees and listen to the service from there. And, uh, and everything is recorded. Everything is online. So you can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website, and the music is in a video this lesson if you want you can watch it live or you can watch it recorded and the sermon is recorded and you can watch it it will be uh, be put on the website later this morning some weeks we put the fa the sermon on live with facebook live so we have been alternating the past few weeks of uh, the sermon being inside one week and the, and the pastor preaching outside from the back of a pickup truck outside this week he will be outside so you're welcome to come either time and at the time whatever you feel safe i don't know what your health conditions are uh your your safety and so you can pick and choose where how you want to worship god but the goal is to worship god you need to worship god you can do it with others you need to do it with others as best we can in in this times of uh, covid but also you need to worship god when we're by ourselves and nobody else is around so we thank you for watching. We thank you for listening. Uh, good morning, Shirley. And I, I appreciate all that you uh, do for us. So this morning's uh, Sunday school lesson, this morning's Bible study, we are continuing through the book of Proverbs, and we are jumping up to Proverbs chapter 8 this morning. Proverbs chapter 8. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you. We just praise you for all that you do. You are the mighty God. Help us to be your servants in all that we do. 
and help us to open our hearts and open our minds as we take a few minutes to study your word this morning. Help us to change our hearts, change our minds, change our attitudes about life and about you. You are the mighty God, and we just pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Like I said, we're in Proverbs chapter 8 this week. Last week, uh, we were in chapter 5. Pastor Darren did the Bible study last week. Um, and if you haven't read that, I'd, tech, I'd say go back and read that. It's one of the rated R chapters of, of Scripture. Um, it's a you know it's about one of the things he talks about over and over again in in the book of, of Psalms or book of Proverbs is um, being faithful to your spouse, your husband or your wife for your lifetime, and staying away from the adulteress, staying away from adultery. Today we're going to look at wisdom, and wisdom is going to talk to us, a personification. And how do I know wisdom is the one that's talking? Well. In the lesson book, the, the, the lesson starts in verse 6, but I'm going to go I'm pull out my Bible, and I'm going to go back and start at verse 1. So in chapter 8, verse 1, it says this. Doesn't wisdom call out? Doesn't wisdom understand? Doesn't wisdom, doesn't, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Doesn't understanding make her, vo her voice heard at the heights overlooking the road at the crossroads? She takes her stand. Beside the gates, she's leads in, leading into the city. At the main entrance, she cries out, People, I call out to you. So here we have Solomon. King Solomon is describing a scene where the Lady Wisdom is standing at the city gates and she is calling out. She is challenging the people, the city gate, the, the, the road, the place coming in and out of the city. Um is coming in and out and that's where everybody comes through so it's a high traffic area everybody who doesn't live in the city that's how they get into the city the people who live in the city are leaving to go um, outside the city to work on the farms or to travel whatever so it's a the city gate is a high traffic area and she is there wisdom is there now is wisdom a literal person no this is a personification and, and, and throughout the book of Proverbs, wisdom is described as a woman. There's also the adulteress or the foolish woman that is described as another personification. But this one is Lady Wisdom, is one that we need to listen to, we need to heed. And so Lady Wisdom is crying out, and she's crying out to all of us, I call out to you. And then we, we pick up that, you know, my cry in verse 4, my people, I call out to you, my cry... To the children of Adam. That's all the children of Adam from the book of Genesis on. So we all are book. We are all belong to Adam. Oftentimes in, in Scripture it says the children of Abraham, and that refers to the Israelites. But this is the children of Adam. So this is the entire creation. Everybody, whether you belong, you are a Jewish person or not. Most of us are not. We're, we would be considered Gentiles. So he is calling out. She is calling out to all of us. So all these words we're reading this morning is wisdom talking to us. Now, on King Solomon wrote it, and he wrote it to educate his sons and his daughters, but he's calling, he's writing it to us. So wisdom is the one that is, is as if wisdom is speaking. And so going down to verse 6, it says, Listen, for I speak of noble things, and what my lips say is right. 
For my mouth tells the truth, and wickedness is detestable to my lips. All the words from my mouth are righteous. None of them are deceptive or perverse. All of them are clear to the perceptive and right to those who discover knowledge. So she's calling out. She says, you got to listen to me. you got to listen. What is she? She speaks noble things. She speaks the things that are right. She tells the truth. And she doesn't speak with wickedness because wickedness is detestable. She just this detests, hates wickedness. And so she refuses to speak it. Do you refuse to speak wickedness? She says, well, I don't speak wickedness. It may not be real good. The Bible doesn't put a sh- grade, shades of gray of oh, kind of good and okay good and great. It's either, it is either righteous or it's wicked. And so when you speak of something that's borderline, pray for wisdom. Is this on the righteousness side of things or is this on the wickedness side of things? And make your choice on what you want to say and how you want to speak from that. Words of my mouth, you know, words from my mouth are righteous. Not, verse 8. None of them are deceptive or perverse. When you practice to deceive people, whether straight out lies or just refusing to speak up and speak the truth you're practicing evil you're not practicing wisdom and remember all through the book of proverbs and all through scripture when it speaks of wisdom it speaks of godly wisdom not worldly wisdom it's speaking of the wisdom that begins with the knowledge of god all knowledge begins with god and so as we as we read back in chapter one that you know that um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. So all wisdom begins with God. And without God, you cannot have true wisdom. This world talks about wisdom, and there is a worldly wisdom. But that when it, we we're reading Scripture, that's not what it's talking about. When it says wisdom, it's talking about godly, God-fearing wisdom that comes from salvation, that comes from the Holy Spirit. And so wisdom does not speak things that are deceptive. They don't speak of things that are perverse. Verse 9, all of them are clear to the perceptive and right to those who discover knowledge. So those of you who are seeking godly wisdom, you're going to understand them. You're going to be perceptive. And so look at that contrast in verses 8 and 9. In verse 8, she says, don't be deceptive, but verse 9, be perceptive. That contrast there between those two. We be perceptive. We need to understand what's going on in the world. What is righteousness? What is sin? But don't be deceptive ourselves. Okay, we're not, I'm not talking about, you know, lying about a surprise birthday party. That's not what I'm talking about. When Scripture says in the, in the Ten Commandments, the Ninth Commandment says, do not bear false witness against your brother or sister. Okay, that is what we're talking about. To being deceptive. At work, are you deceptive against another person because you want the promotion or you don't want them to get the promotion? Or maybe you're, you're, you're gearing for somebody to get a promotion. And so you're deceptive about their abilities and you don't... You don't tell everything that they do or don't do. That's deception. We can be deceptive in the political world about your favorite candidate or you're against your, 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 your enemy candidate. 
we're not to be deceptive. We are to tell the truth. Whether it's whether it helps you or hurts you, you need to tell the truth and not be deceptive. And that's what wisdom is all about. Let the chips fall where they may. Uh, life's much easier when you tell the truth all the time. You don't have to keep track of all your lies. And so we need to be perceptive. We need to discover knowledge, and that's God's knowledge. And you only get that by reading Scripture, by studying Scripture, by listening to godly teachers and not, and not the ungodly teachers. Listen, but you can't just use, listen to the godly teachers. You've got to read the Scripture for yourself. And verse 10 Accept my instructions instead of silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and nothing desirable can equal it. So look at these two verses. There's, each of them are kind of a couplet, but really these four there are four lines here that all go together. The first three contrast something with uh, something valuable on earth. Instruction, silver. Knowledge, gold. Wisdom, jewels. And then the fourth line. Nothing desirable can equal it. So sometimes the poetry has four lines and not just two. So nothing for wisdom is better than jewels. Nothing is desirable can equal it. So we need to desire wisdom more than we desire a great retirement plan. We need to desire wisdom more than we need to desire a promotion or a new job. Because wisdom wins out. Wisdom is forever. Silver, gold, jewels, they're temporary. Sure, they may be around for thousands of years, but you, you don't get to have them for thousands of years. You only get to have them for maybe 100 years at the most. In our world, which is cherished more? You know, We cherish those who have wealth, whether they get it from business or they get it from sports, or they get it from entertainment, from being in the movies or TV shows. We value those people. We look up to them. We wear, you know, athletes, we wear shirts that have their name on it. Um, you know, if you, if you follow a businessman, you know, a, a person that's, you, you follow them. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, John, uh, Bill Gates. We follow those people. Donald Trump. Enough people followed him that we voted for him for president. We, we follow those people. And that's not necessarily wrong, but we got to set our priorities straight. Are we seeking them above godly wisdom? Are we seeking them above godly wisdom? And so that is our goal, to value wisdom, God's wisdom, above anything this world has to offer. Verse 12, wisdom is speaking again. I, wisdom, share a home with shrewdness and have knowledge and discretion. So wisdom has a roommate, okay, a housemate. And the housemate is named shrewdness, being shrewd. Now when we think of being shrewd, think of a shrewd businessman, we, think, we don't usually think of that in a positive light. If he's a shrewd businessman, he probably knows how to all the loopholes to, on his taxes. A shrewd businessman knows how to set the prices and, and, and describe things just right to, to get you in the door. 
and get you to buy the thing, even though it may not be as good as deal as you think you're getting. And we think of it as, as, as a way, a conniving person maybe. But scripture, and sometimes in scripture, shrewdness is used in that way. But there's a positive aspect of shrewdness. Jesus, he was getting ready to send the disciples out to preach without him. In, in, in Matthew chapter 10, he was getting ready to send those disciples out and he was going to send them out in pairs and he was going to send them out to cities and Jesus was going to stay behind. He's sending them out on their own. And a part of the thing that he says as he's getting ready to send them out, he gives them a sermon before he sends them out. And one of the things he says, he says, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. There's a motivational speech. I'm just sending you out. You're going to be like sheep, and I'm sending you out to the wolves. Sheep have no defense against wolves. Absolutely none. They can't outrun them. They can't outthink them. They can't outfight them. So being a sheep against the wolves, I mean, how many sports teams are the fighting sheep? None. We are not, because sheep, sheep are not fierce. They run funny. Um, they have no, you know, fierce sounds that they make. They can't even hide. Um, and, and so the sheep, we're sending out sheep. He's sending out the disciples as sheep among wolves. And what does he say you should do? He says you should be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. So we need to understand how the world works. We not, can't be naive in how the world works, but we need to be innocent and do, doing things the way the world does. So we know the world does things. We know they cheat. We know they lie. We need to be aware of those things and be able to spot the lies, be able to spot the cheating, but not participate in it. That's the difference. And so this shrewdness is being aware of the evil around you, understanding what's happening, but being innocent of it and not participating in it. Calling it out when you need to call it out. Avoiding it when you can avoid it. And we should always be able to avoid it. Even that sometimes at detriment to ourselves. What do you do if you have a company that's cheating people? And you call it out to your company internally and they don't do anything about it. You could lose your job. They could fire you. You may have to choose to leave your job. You may have to choose to be a whistleblower, which may help may, may cause you to lose your job. And, there, and if you're a whistleblower, you know there may be a whole lot of other ramifications that come down the line because of that. But God doesn't call us to an easy life. He calls us to a righteous life. And so we need to be shrewd of what's going on in the world. And understand what's doing it, but avoid it. So shrewdness has knowledge and it has discretion. That's part of shrewdness. You have the knowledge of God. You have the knowledge. You understand what is right and what is wrong. And you have the discretion to know what to choose. And so when it says in James chapter 1 to pray for wisdom, and that's you're praying for wisdom so you have that discretion. Part of praying for wisdom is praying to get the knowledge of God in your mind and in your heart. So that is wisdom's roommate, is shrewdness. To follow God in all that we do. 
And in verse 13, it says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant, pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. And he goes, well, I hate evil. I hate all those evil people over there. I hate those cheaters. I hate those thieves that break into people's houses. And I, break, I hate those guys that break into our church. Yes, we should hate the evil that they do. But what about the evil that is inside your life? That is inside your heart? Do you hate that evil? Of those rude and crude jokes that you watch and you repeat. Do you hate that evil? Do you hate the evil that you have when you speak badly about others and curse others? Do you hate that evil that's when you look in the mirror and you see that person? Do you hate the evil in that person's life? That's the evil we need to take care of. That's the first evil we need to take care of. Because you cannot change another person. Only God can do that. You can pray for them. You can preach the gospel to them. But you cannot change them. Even your spouse you cannot change. And those of you who have been married a long time, you know you can't change your spouse. Much to your aggravation sometimes. And so we need to hate the evil that is in our own heart, that is in our own mind. You have to hate that. If you trust, if you fear God, if you love God, if you say you have accepted Christ for, your, for salvation, do you hate the evil that is in your own heart? The arrogant, the pride, the evil kind of perverse speech that is in your own life, that is the evil you need to start off with. And if you don't hate the evil that is in your own heart, you, you um, justify it, you excuse it, do you really, have you really turned your heart to God? That is some self-reflection you got to do. If you are not trying to get rid of the evil in your own life, if you're not asking God, help me get rid of this evil in my own life, have you truly turned your heart over to God? Have you truly repented of your sins? If you continue to do them without remorse. Some sins in our lives are persistent they're hard to get rid of we keep repeating them over and over but as long as you hate it and you're trying to actively try to get rid of it you're on the, you're on the right path if you hate the sin in your life and you hate that you do it even though you do it repeatedly then you are on the right path because you are to to fear the lord is to hate evil including the evil in your own life. Moving on to verse 14 to 16, it says, I possess, and we're in Proverbs chapter 8 this morning, uh, and we're now in verses 14 to 16. So I thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, Cindy and, and Judy. I thank you for, for watching and others who are on. So verse 14, it says, I possess good advice and sound wisdom. I have understanding and strength. It is by me that kings reign and rulers enact just law. By me, princes lead and do noble, as do nobles and all righteous judges. And you, you've seen that. We've seen it through history. You can go back and look. You can see the godly kings, the godly leaders, and how they lead and the wisdom that they have. And the discernment that they have to make right, right decisions. And the foolish kings and the foolish presidents and the foolish leaders 
and governors and mayors and whatever other leaders are out there. And you can see the difference. And if you can't, God, pray that God will give you godly wisdom to see the difference and not just voting your pocketbook, but voting what, what is right and righteous. Voting, everybody can vote your pocketbook. That's easy. Who makes the most promises that will make me the most money? Um, and so you can do that. And so we see that wisdom helps in leadership. So whatever leadership position you are in, says, well, I'm just a worker bee. I've been just a grunt at work. I have no power there. I'm only a private in the army. I'm, you know, I'm just a factory line worker. I'm just, you know, a sales associate. I just stock put things on the shelves at, at, at the store I work at. How about at home? You are, are you a parent? Are you an aunt or an uncle? There are leadership everywhere. Even if you're just a worker bee, there are other worker bees around you. Are you leading them in the ways of righteousness? And so, you know, all leaders, most all leaders start at the bottom. And they work their way up. So that godly wisdom. In verse 17, I love those who love me and those who search for me find me. You can find wisdom. If you search, wisdom does not hide it is not some tricky thing that you have to get. It's not something, well, you can only get wisdom after you've been with God for X number of years. And you have to say the right incantations and make sure you give a right amount of money to know. If you search for wisdom, you will find it. And it's right here in Scripture. The book of Proverbs is full of it. Psalms is full of it. Jesus' words and sayings are full of wisdom. And so all you have to do is read it. To find wisdom. And read it and read it and read it over and over again. And you can find wisdom. It is there. And so it is not, wisdom does not hide. It is there for all to see. Verse 18. With me are riches and honor, lasting wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than solid gold, and my harvest than pure silver. I walk in the ways of righteousness along the path of justice, giving wealth as an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Look at here in these verses. It talks about, in verse 18, it says lasting wealth. In verse 19, it says a harvest Verse 21, an inheritance. All those things are things that are not, you know, get-rich-quick schemes. They take time to develop. An inheritance, you have to wait on your inheritance. And the inheritance takes a lifetime to build. A harvest takes a season to build. There is no plant that grows, literally, you plant it today and you harvest it tomorrow. It doesn't happen. And then that, verse 18, it just says lasting wealth. So obviously, you know, something that is not just instant. So this is not a get rich, get smart, quick scheme. Wisdom doesn't happen overnight. It comes with a lifetime. It comes with study of scripture. It comes with prayer. 
Sometimes it comes with hard knocks, but you, it comes over time. With me are riches and knowledge. You learn from others. You get it from a mentor. You get it from those who have been there and you ask questions and you seek guidance from godly people. Who do you seek guidance from? Do you seek counsel from godly people? People who have trusted their heart and, and their lives to God and you can see that over a lifetime? Or do you seek wisdom from the people who are of the world who don't follow God? And so you may have a, a kindly uncle but doesn't follow God. I would question his wisdom. He may be wise in some things, but he doesn't have God. That other uncle that's kind of goofy and doesn't get things done, but he follows God. Maybe that's who you need to listen to. Or aunt, whoever it is in your lives, follow, find the godly person to listen to. And if you're a job, the godly person may be a subordinate, somebody who is underneath you because they follow God. And that's what you need to listen. You need to listen to a subordinate to you because they follow God rather than listening to this to somebody above you when it comes to life situations. And so it's not a quick thing. You don't just get wisdom overnight. You say you don't just pray for wisdom today and have it all tomorrow. You gain it a little bit at a time, over a lifetime, as you read scripture, as you live your life, as you seek godly counsel. With with me are riches and, and so with wisdom you get well look at the look at the description here of wisdom. Riches and honor, wealth, and righteousness. So it's not just stuff. And not all wealth is stuff. What about the wealth of family? The wealth of loved ones that care about you? Verse 19, my fruit is better than solid gold. Fruit is, you know... The, the, the fruit, the heart, because it talks about the heart, my harvest than pure silver. So it says fruit and harvest here in this verse is better than silver and gold. Walk in the ways of righteous along the paths of justice. Do you care about justice? Not just in the courts, that's a piece of it, but justice when in, in the people that you work with. Justice for the people you go to church with. Justice for the people in your family. Justice does not always mean equality. Because we're not all equal. We're not all the same all the time. We have different traits. We have done different things. And in the end, verse 21, giving wealth as an inheritance. To who? Who gets the inheritance? To those who love me. The inheritance to those who love, who's me? Wisdom. Those who love wisdom. Those who love God. And if you have chosen to follow God, we know from Romans chapter 8 that you were adopted. And once you were adopted, you, you, were, you can get the inheritance. Uh, if you're just a slave of the master, you don't get an inheritance. But if you're an adopted child, you get an inheritance. If you have come to Christ, you are an adopted child of God the Father. And there is an inheritance. And part of that inheritance is wisdom. You get wisdom filling their treasuries. And so the treasuries of your mind. 
not just your pocketbook, not just your bank account, but the treasuries of your mind that you have wisdom to gain. And this idea that wisdom is more valuable than earthly jewels and earthly wealth is a, I, the idea that it is repeated over and over in Scripture. It's many times in the book of Proverbs. Jesus talks about it. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves can steal, but store yourselves up treasures in heaven. And wisdom is one of those treasures that you can store up that will last for eternity in heaven. And so we see that. We see as we went through the book of James in our sermon series on, on Sunday mornings, you know, the, 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 those with wealth, they'll lose it all. And so they have, he says, if you're those who are poor, rejoice in your high standing. Because you have nothing to lose. Wisdom is forever. You can get wisdom whether you're rich or poor. You can get wisdom whether you're the boss, the supervisor, or you're just the worker bee. You can get wisdom whether you're a parent or not a parent. Anyone can get wisdom. You can get wisdom whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you're young or whether you're old. You can gain wisdom. And so pray for wisdom. Pray that you will gain wisdom. Actively pursue wisdom. That, you know, that's those who love me. If you love wisdom, you will pursue wisdom. That's how you know you love wisdom. You pursue it. You seek it out. You seek it out in Scripture. You seek it out in godly counsel, in godly teachings. You seek it out. You seek it out in prayer. And so as you continue to read through the book of Psalms, I'm sorry, Proverbs. We're going through Proverbs. Next week's lesson skips to chapter 14. And as I said before, verses in chapters 1 through 9 are like long lessons. And so he has a, a lesson plan and he gives you a long lesson. Here we learn about wisdom in chapter 8. And, and as you continue reading in chapter 8, we, we, we get kind of a, a lesson of wisdom from history, from God's creation. And it kind of reminds you of what what God says to Job at the end of the book, chapter of uh, the book of Job when God finally speaks to Job. And so we, we, we get more of that. But chapters 1 through 9 in the, in the book of Proverbs are long dissertations about wisdom, about life. Starting in chapter 10, verse 1 says, Solomon's Proverbs... A wise son, you know, it says Solomon's Proverbs. And so before, in the chapters 1 through 9, it says, My son, listen to me. But it didn't say anything about Solomon's Proverbs. Now starting in chapter 10, we get these Proverbs, and each verse you know, does, sometimes goes with the verse next to it, and many times it does not. It's just lots of wise sayings, one after the other. And so it, it, the, the nature of the book kind of changes. And so just be aware of that. So as you read through Proverbs, realize there's a change when you get from 9 to 10. There is a change in how the book is laid out and how it, how it teaches you. And so we're going to look at, starting in, in, in chapter 14, and, and look at some of those Proverbs next week. So I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening today um, of this. Let's have a, a word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you and praise you for all that you provide. You are a mighty God. Teach us wisdom. 
Help us to learn wisdom. Open our minds to wisdom. Help us to be desiring wisdom in our lives so that we can hate the evil that is in our lives. So we can search out wisdom, that we can search out your knowledge and your love, that we can proclaim your word to others. And people will see that our lives are different. People will see that we are living a different life. You are the mighty God, and we just pray all this in Jesus' holy name. And we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. There's one thing you can wait in, in the world. I've seen wisdom work. In India, some of the poor, they're a caste system. And the poorest ones are called the untouchables. And many times in India, the untouchables have come to Christ because they're the ones that have no hope. And Christ gives them hope. But one of the accusations against uh, missionaries is that we give the missionaries are giving the untouchables money and the reason people say that is because the untouchables realize they gain godly wisdom and they quit wasting their money what little they have on evil things on spending it at at the hindu temples or all the offerings that they have to give or just wasting it on on, on things that they don't need and they start making better, wiser decisions with their money. And then so suddenly it looks like they have more money. Because they suddenly gain some godly wisdom on how to spend their money. Because they spend it on righteous things instead of the evil things. And so they people constantly make accusations in India that missionaries are giving these untouchables money. And they're paying them for conver- to be converts. And it's not the case. And so that is an example of godly wisdom changing your life. Now, do they become wealthy as the Brahms, Brahmins? No, but they're not the bottom of the barrel anymore. And, and they, it, because of godly wisdom. And so maybe you need to search out godly wisdom to spend your money better and not to waste it and seek God's guidance on how to spend money in your life. What to get a loan on and what not get the loan on. What to wait to buy. What do you need to buy right now? And have some more godly wisdom on that. And so it works on all areas of your life. It works with wisdom. You need wisdom with relationships. You know, what, what kind of person do you seek a relationship for with? Um, if, if you're single and looking to be married. And so all those things that matter. So you need to seek out wisdom. You keep having one terrible job after another. You need to seek godly wisdom on what kind of job to uh, go to find. And, and, and what are you looking for? Are you just looking for more money? Well, that's not always the wisest thing. And sometimes it's just our attitude. We need to change our attitude. Everything is awful because our attitude's awful. So we need to seek godly wisdom. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about our church, uh, go find, check out our website, towerviewkc.com. Um, come visit us in person at church. We're at the corner of uh, Northeast 50th Street and Randolph Road here in Kansas City. Uh, like I said, by the World's of Fun Water Tower, just off the Interstate 435. Um, there's a comment posted. You know, It has our phone number there. 
Um, you can check out and call or text our phone number, 816-368-1330. So however you want to contact us, you contact us through our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church. You know, contact us. Um, you know, if there's a question about the Bible study, a question about God, question about your life, contact us. Uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to do. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I pray you have a blessed day this Lord's Day. Thank you and God bless.